Hello everyone. Welcome to the first episode in the SFCUI podcast series. My name is Jessica Aleto, the head of the business division. Joining me in today's discussion is Bamishaya Akinola, the head of the finance division, and Patricia Ibiachusi, the head of the HR division. Welcome on board, guys. I'm glad to have you here. The world is currently tired of this current pandemic. So what's your general take on Trump's recommendations for reopening, considering the fact that number of coronavirus cases have continued to show an upward trend? Hi Jessica, thank you for having me. Well, I believe reopening the US economy at this point has its dangers and its merits. For one, the economy has been on standstill and a lot of people are losing their jobs by the day and that's really not good. A lot of people are finding it difficult to sustain themselves. So it's high time we begin to look at reopening the economy actually. However, each state have their own policy to the reopening, it's still at their own you know, precautionary measures. And we just hope that with the required instruments, equipment on ground, enough testing kits and all that and you know, proper managing of the reopening gradually, we hope the cases will not increase rapidly. So we're just going to have to look at what happens in the coming week. But I think it's I can begin to look at opening the economy. A lot of people are losing their jobs. It's not sustainable. So yes, it's it's a good idea to an extent, but we just hope the states can put in the required policies and, you know, things to make sure it does not worsen. Thank you. So much, Jessica, for having me here. Bye, Michelle. It's really nice to have you on this podcast too. But I beg to differ from your opinion, which says we hope the coronavirus cases in the U.S. does not skyrocket. Um, this is not even a matter of hope. We know these cases are going to skyrocket, are going to skyrocket rather. Given that a vast majority of states are yet to meet the basic criteria for reopening set by CDC, which includes showing a 14-day decline in coronavirus cases and recording a significant ramp-up testing. Even fewer states have plans in place to create the kind of contact tracing network that the CDC in its guidance called a core disease control measure. Okay, New York Times even has it that several states are removing restrictions on beaches, pools, states like Arkansas have um, removed restrictions on camping grounds, gyms, pools, even casinos. Georgia has even removed restrictions on um, private social clubs. Colorado have removed restrictions on salons and personal care services. I mean, how do we want to record a decline in coronavirus cases with this? Because as of now, we have 97,000 deaths in the U.S. It's quite interesting that you would have different standpoints, but still come to the same consensus that the U.S. economy should be reopened but then strict compliance should be ensured to the guidelines given out. So that leads me to the question, Bamishai, that what possible impact do you foresee this having on the financial markets, knowing that the pandemic is still in town and seems like it has come to stay? Well, we sure hope the pandemic has not come to stay. Concerning the financial markets, we've been seeing a bit of optimism in recent days, with oil climbing to about $30 per barrel, and this is due to progress with vaccine research and that. So we'd expect to see more optimism in the market with the reopening of the U.S. economy. However, I would expect that the optimism coming slowly as investors watch what happened to the trend in new cases in coming weeks. So 
if we see a boom in new cases then there's likely to be less optimism and investors are likely to move into safe haven assets but if the if they're able to keep the new cases low then we'll probably see a lot more optimism in the financial market yes we all hope this is not the new normal and it's nice to know that equity markets are picking up going to some level of optimism we equally know that the no vaccine has actually met the set standard so would probably none will probably be released very soon so knowing that employees will be going back to work patricia what are the major issues you think they'll be faced with during this COVID era as they adjust to their new work life Thank you very much, Jessica, for your question. And Bam Shai, that was quite insightful. I learned a thing or two from what you have just said. So, Jessica, I think the major issue they will be faced with is the issue of race to bottom. US has relieved businesses of liabilities to ensure increase in economic activities in the coming weeks or months which means that whatsoever injury or health damages encountered by an employee at the workplace, the employer is not held responsible because there are no existing playbooks as of now to combat lawsuits that could result from businesses reopening amid coronavirus pandemic. These employees don't know what awaits them. They know that employers might use this opportunity as an incentive or a disincentive to be nonchalant about safety of employees at work. They will have to put up with unsafe work environment just to keep their jobs because another person is willing to take it. I really hope that the arm of government in charge of labor law in the US finds a way to tackle this issue because it is going to be a really, really hard one. Even even employers that abide by the rule or by law may get tempted to, you know, deviate from it a little bit, owing that nobody's going to check up on them if they don't. Thank you for the insight, Patricia. It's also very important to note that the employees are the most important part of an organization, really, because they make things happen. So the employers also know this, and hopefully they'll take this into confidence while making decisions. So down to you, um, Bamishai, amidst all of this, what sectors do you consider to be the most vibrant and what sectors do you consider the least performing and why do you think this is so? The technology sector has been doing really well during this period from video gaming stocks to e-commerce stocks with people doing more of their shopping online now and you know, a lot of our communication now have moved online and we are seeing the Zoom gaining a whole lot. So the technology sector is doing really well during this period because a lot of people are spending so a, a large portion of their day on the internet so for instance amazon has gained 27 percent year to date for 2020 and zoom has gained a whole 130 percent year to date on the other hand the aviation industry has been doing not too good with travel restrictions and movement ban so they, they've been doing not too good and for instance the delta airline has seen a drop of about 60% year to date and the American airline groups have seen the stock drop by about 66% for 2020 year to date. So it's not really good at that hand, but the technology sector has been doing really well during this period. We sure do hope that lagging sectors rise again. I mean, amidst all of this, we know that the US has moved to be exempted from the World Health Organization and hence withdrawing its funding obligation despite the daunting situation the whole world is in. My question goes to both of you. What do you consider to be the impact of this decision on the war against COVID-19? And how do you think this will affect other countries? 
Big question, Jessica. Big question. Yes, we understand that WHO has a lot of unanswered questions as to why they responded the way they did when they saw signs of this pandemic, right? But this is not the right time to withdraw funding as this organization needs as much funding as they can get to fight this deadly virus. US provides over 20% of total funding to the WHO and yes, yes, its impact will be greatly felt. But President Trump, in my own opinion, is in no position to judge anyone with regards to how they have handled this pandemic as he's also under fire for the same reason. It's like pot calling to black. And we also know some other countries that have US as their role model. And these countries are likely to move in directions that US has left or have left footprints on. Most likely some other countries might want to opt out because recently a particular African country was calling or is still calling on other African countries to leave the WHO and from their own. This questions the credibility of WHO. A lot of countries are losing hope in this organization and will most likely come together to form their own based on their region or somewhat. Well, this is a very crucial period and definitely not the best time to withdraw funding from the WHO. But the US president made it really clear why the US might be withdrawing funding permanently and even reconsidering its membership in the World Health Organization. So I can only hope that the World Health Organization will come forward and defend its integrity at this point, you know, releasing a statement to clear off the allegations and all. But concerning the war against the virus, I believe the will do fairly well because a lot of vaccines are funded by the countries or individuals. So we will still keep on seeing progress with vaccine research. And with containing the virus, a lot of states are self-sufficient, sort of. So I, I believe we'll be able to see, we'll still keep on making progress and hopefully we'll be able to sort out this before long. Thank you so much, Bamishaya and Patricia, for shedding so much light so far. So, to wrap this all up, we know that at some point, COVID will be 18 of the past. So, what do you think the post-COVID era holds for both the finance and HR industry, respectively? I believe the financial sector will do fairly well after the pandemic because a lot of companies will be looking to raise capital after the whole pandemic so we'll be seeing a lot of borrowing a lot of issuance of bonds and especially because of the cut of interest rate across the globe in a bit to you know keep the economy going so especially in the usa where uh, interest rates are approaching the negative zone so we see a lot of companies trying to take advantage of that so for the companies in the financial sectors themselves we see a lot of reduction in interest margin because of the low interest rate environment so companies will struggle in that area but fees and commission for helping in raising capital would likely increase so it's it's two-sided interest margin are likely to drop but fees and commissions will likely increase basically post-covid 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 this is the question on everybody's mind so my mind too what is going to be the new normal well i can say that the effects of this pandemic is going to be quite volatile uncertain and ambiguous uh in spite of that there are certain things that are most likely to occur the first is a surge in remote working okay 
coronavirus is making employees and their employers more comfortable with working from home. So after this pandemic, questions will be raised as to why you must take a flight to go see a client when you can organize a Zoom meeting to that effect, which translates to an increase in demand for connectivity, for internet connectivity. Okay, also organizations will spend more money on reskilling their workers. And I'm not talking about the one-time um, off-the-job training skill. It has to be continuous to keep them up to speed with you know technology. It is also needful to say that technology is actually going to take or even to replace some people in their workplace. For example, an Indian-based uh, company recently launched a cloud-based program that was going to take screenshots of employees' monitors or screens at home to track their productivity. This is supposed to be the work of a particular person in the office, but now technology is replacing it. Lastly, this pandemic has or is going to show that the future of work is based on the uh, well-being of an employee. Thank you so much, Patricia and Bamishai, for joining us on today's episode. As we such an interesting session so far, and we've gotten to learn so much, and we equally know that there's so much to look forward to. And to our dear listeners, thank you for staying tuned, and we hope to see you on the next episode. Until then, I'm Jessica Aleto, and do well to follow us on our social media platforms. On Twitter and Instagram, we are SSC Unibadon, and on LinkedIn, the Student Finance Club, University of Ibadan. See you next time.